Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm just going to do a bit of the burp. Uh, oh, pardon me, sorry. Oh, I hope you got that on tape. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think it's always nice to start a ladies' podcast with a big burp, don't you? It really is, yes. Uh, oh, oh, come oh, on. I'll do it. I'm going to do a bigger one. I mean, that's expert. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, mum, that was a little surprise. Uh, oh, like, sorry. Uh, oh, I think oh, we're like a couple of fellas, aren't we? <laughs> no, we're not. We're like a couple of ladies in here to have a laugh. Welcome. I mean, not welcome. This is your garden. <laughs> welcome to my garden. Would you like to see how things have been growing? I already can't believe what I can see. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree. Making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees. Well, Array. I can see that you've put some amazing chicken wire here. So have you got um, badgers and foxes and and, and rabbits? I mean, we're in the middle of London. It never occurred to me that we'd have a badger. What was clearly happening was quite, if I I don't mind saying, heavy-footed. A fox needing to lose weight. So I put this construction of chicken wire around it, which seems not entirely, but to sort of worked. And it's adding a structure to um, for the nostalgia that's the plural of nostalgium it's not nostalgiums it's nostalgia so the nostalgia are just decorative unless you're one of those people who pop them in a salad well they're lovely in a salad are nice they? and peppery but have I'm you not tried have you tried a little leaf that's no I've had a nostalgium in me, a nostalgia in my life but I won't be doing it again you could even try one of those pods look try the pod do they taste nice yeah, instead of capers do you mind if I stick with capers? Um, <laughs> oh, it's quite peppery when you go right mm. through. But I'm still uh, I'm still enjoying the juiciness of a caper. Yeah. Well, so look at my broad look... beans. Oh, yes. Which also look a bit diseased, but my broad beans, look, are coming through. So um, I notice your broad beans are quite tall, aren't they? And the tops have got some black fly on. Yeah. So have you pinched out the top at all of your broad beans? No. Am I supposed to? Yeah, so what you can do is this... So when you see for those, those who don't understand what this is when they hear it on the radio, what she's doing is pinching, like like pinching somebody's bottom that you were allowed to do in the seventies, not allowed to do now, um, pinching the top of the stalk. Is that right? Yes. So where that black fly is, I just take the top off like that, pinch it out. Why, why do we do that? Because all the black fly, they all go to the top of the plant. So it's best they, they to remove them. The plot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I have so actually got some, you'll be pleased with me, organic pest spray. Yeah. Because if you weren't here, I'd just napalm it with any old toxic mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. With nail varnish remover. Yeah, nail varnish, yeah, whatever. I'd just dip it in, you know, nail varnish <laughs> remover and petrol. Not at that price, but yeah. You know. Well, petrol's always, you know, Can I take that the wrong thing to use. 
You can pinch the top off. That one's probably okay. This pinch one? that one. Just pinch the whole thing off the top and then it'll just Where encourage from? it. Where from? About there's fine, yeah. And about there, again, for those who aren't able to visualise what there means on radio, we're talking about... Um, it's important to use that tone when you're gardening. We're talking about... Three inches. This is looking a bit spindly. I'd, really I'd is, take the it? top off that, yeah. Right from here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now we Take that off. Six inches. So that's fine. I think these ones one? at the back are sort of, you know, that one looks gasping for sunlight. It's sort of bending I know, this sweet way. sweet the way they do that. They get, mm. But and it's, it's okay. Like everything's, everything's good. They've got little pods on. Yes. And they're growing nicely. And, and this is called all year round spinach or evergreen spinach? Perpetual or? spinach. Perpetual. Yeah. So some people, if they weren't covered in black fly, do eat the tops of the broad beef. Broad beef. Beef, of course. Broad beef that you're well, growing. I wouldn't yeah. be reading Broad beef. Well, in the, in the future, we might be growing beef in our garden without actually killing animals. But not at the moment. We're growing broad beans. Some people do eat the tops. Is that peppery like the nasturtium? No, no. I mean, if you eat a little broad bean leaf, look, have a little taste. This one, listeners, is without black fly. And for those of you who don't know what eating sounds like, I'll do a bit. <laughs> uh, I sound like a cow chewing the colour. <laughs> oh, that tastes like a pea. Yeah, so it's or got... a bit like a broad bean, yeah. which I do like. So, so there you go. You can eat the tops if you want, and they go lovely in a risotto. If you just want to pad it out with your broad beans, you could mm. then use the tops, chop them up nicely, I even like if they're a bit woody. Bean, um, broad bean puree. Oh. That is nice, isn't it? What do they put it? They probably just put loads of cream in it to make it so no, delicious. You don't. Is it just creamy broad it's beans? It's just creamy. It's just you know, if you whip it up in the blender and and with a bit of olive oil, it comes out so creamy. Mm. You can make like a hummus. So you could actually... Uh, a what? A hummus. Say it again? A hummus. A hummus. <laughs> and what country does hummus come from? Mm. In your pronunciation, it's via Wales? <laughs> it's a Greek paste, via Wales, when Esther says hummus. I say hummus, which the kids also find very funny, because that's actually a bit of your body, isn't it? Well, I thought hummus was like something that sort of grows, doesn't it? A, a hummus. Well, I think, I think it's... Oh, she's got a nasty hummus on her calf. Oh, don't a look hummus. at her. She's got to see the doctor. She's got an awful hummus on her backside. I think that's a wart. So we've got here, we've got this perpetual spinach. Ari's just taking the broad... You could put those in your risotto, Ari. I'm not making a risotto, thank you very much. But you're the queen of asparagus risotto. I can. It's one of the very few things I can cook. But I'm... I hate cooking, as you know. Um, now, in what way does perpetual spinach, which I didn't even... I thought I'd just planted spinach. In what way does perpetual spinach, please call her, differ from regular spinach? Yeah, OK, so it's not like the thick... You know that thick, dense uh, spinach that you get? That's one whole leaf is quite sort of meaty and robust. Well, very great, yeah, very... Yeah, yeah. Irony tasting, But the thing yeah. is, with that spinach, it grows really well over the winter in a sort of cooler time. So oh, once okay. it heats up, it does bolt it bolts sometimes as soon but that's as no good nobody wants a bolted fruit do they and that's the one thing i do know that's I remember. right whereas your perpetual spinach even if it bolts it, it seeds and then it just comes back oh perpetual, okay you know it keeps coming back and so. is that my rocket because I've, I've actually forgotten what i 
planted. Yeah, well, you've planted some rocket here. That looks yeah, very, like a rocket. very nice. And you've got it so well organised, This is lettuce, right? Yeah, that's the lettuce. We planted that, didn't we, down the yeah, sides? Yeah. We and also you... planted it down the... And that's some spring onion, isn't it? Yeah, you've got some onion there. Well, I'm not that keen on a spring onion. Perhaps I could sell them for a pound a bunch. I think you, you could. Think? You could get a store Recoup outside. Recoup the £700 yeah. pounds it took me to build these veg. <laughs> They're really going to pay off, aren't they? I mean, it's all in about oh, 30, 40 years. I really could be looking at some payback for this. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, gardening in a small space like this, it, you can end up spending more than what you you we'll actually spend at a supermarket, reap. yeah. But I think the long-term effects and the, the small difference that you can make by, you know, reducing your... your Carbon footprint. Carbon footprint on the world. That's a real bird. It sounds like it's we've good. overlaid it to make it sound as if we're in the middle of the country. No, we're actually in the middle of North London, but that was a beautiful bird. Thank you, bird. Well, if you shoot that now, you could have that with I don't want to shoot it. Only tonight. shooting... The only thing I like <laughs> to shoot is foxes, and don't send me a letter, because if I had a gun, I would shoot them. Oh, well, I like them, and actually... I'm not surprised they sat on your spinach because it looks very nice and soft and spongy. Well, that's actually so, because I picked some last night and popped it in my fish stew. Oh, very which good. Which I shouldn't have been having because I had actually seen, what's it called, sea spirits. Sea spirits. I know, that's oh, enough. Dude. That has actually put me off eating fish. Well, even if you caught it yourself on the seashore. Well, you know what? I went down to Hastings the other weekend and I couldn't believe that. I thought, oh, this is going to be great, you know. There's going to be a, a, this fisherman coming back. You there's going to be a hipster fisherman. Yeah, and he's got a net of fish and he's, he's thrown all the babies into the sea as he's gone through the fishing net. Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, that's what right. you're supposed to do when you're at sea. You remove all the fish, the baby fish, and you put them back in the sea. But no, not not at this, this fisherman I saw. He, there was... He was throwing all these baby um, dogfish, you know, that's the rock that you get in the fish and chip shops down by the seaside, throwing all these baby fish just on the beach and the seagulls were eating them all. He was throwing them onto the beach? Yeah. Why didn't you hit him? I actually felt like hitting him over the head with... What do you think? I mean, he must have... Uh, there must have been a method to his madness. He either no, doesn't he, care. He didn't care. Yeah, but he hasn't got a career of fish dry up, or whatever the word well, is. Well, obviously, he was rushing home to get his fish pie or maybe just eat steak. I don't know, but it made me feel so sad. And that's why... If, if, if there's only one fisherman in a town that does that, it's fish still person, like... Fish person, if, if every town person. has got a fisherman like that, then in the whole world, then that is bad. Yeah, fisher, fisher person. person. Serving. Fisher person. Plough person's Well, a woman wanted on it, would she? Now. Oh, what have you got we're here? We're on to bed two. We're on to a plant, a really beautiful plant that looks like a scarabaeus. Yeah, a bit, bit like... Um, it looks like a nigella crossed with a... What, what? What's that one called? Scabius. Scabius. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually called a... It's called Facilius. Facilius, Facilia. thank you. Facilia, not Facilius. And it's Facilia. not an eating plant, no. It's a plant that attracts the bees, and the reason you want the bees is because they pollinate the veg. That's right, yeah. Thank you. But, Ari, this other, this other thing about Facilia... Which is, my name is Arabella Weir, but people who know me very well call me Ari, just FYI. Yes, because <laughs> they go, why do you keep saying Ari? Is there a bloke there as well who's not saying anything <laughs> that I'm interpreting for? So this Facilia is often used as well as a 
a, a, a living compost. So in allotments, what happens is they plant all this phacelia over the winter, say, or in the early spring. And then before it flowers, they dig it into the, the ground. So oh, so they don't let it become a pretty flower? No, so they just use it for the roots, gives, you know, maybe some nitrogen to the soil. Why? Because and it's leaves. a good plant for composting? It's really good. Mm. I think you call it, it's a green manure because it's living and you can use my like, son rye grass. My son can provide a green manure. Can he? Only after I fed him, I fed him some literally picked in the middle of the country wild garlic. Mm-hmm. And we won't go into how I know this. He's 23. But it came out whole. He'd obviously not digested it. The whole wild garlic was floating in the pan. Ooh. And I thought, he's either not got a very efficient system. Obviously, I didn't give it... I mean, it was in a risotto, actually, and I'd torn it up. But the whole leaf came out whole. There's a story for you. Well, I hope he weren't watching when he came, it came of out. Of course, no. What happened is, obviously, <laughs> he'd flushed. He's not that much of a pig. But post-flush, again speaks to the robustness of the mm. wild garlic. There it was floating on its own in the clean water and I thought, that is some tough plant. Yeah. Well, it is, isn't it? And it really does come up everywhere. But yeah, so that's that. So what have we got here? This is charred cheek by jowl, if you like, with um, beetroot. Lovely. Do you know I don't know which is which? I'm going to take a wild guess. Is the beetroot the one with the purple stems? Well, look, I'll show you now. So, this is the beetroot, and that's got the purple vein Spine, yeah. going through and into the leaves. It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. Here's your chard, and that's a yellow chard you've got, a rainbow Ooh. chard, it's called. I love it when you don't know what you're planting. Yeah. And, and it's all discovery. But also, Ari, before your beetroot grows... Arabella Weir. Um, yes. Before your beetroot goes, grows, Arabella, look. Yeah, look. Try that as a leaf. You can put that in your salad. Do people do that? Yeah. Now we're going to do five minutes of Arabella Weir chewing. You saw yeah. that on the internet, couldn't you? I, I've got to tell you. You're chewing. I'm not paying £12.50 for a salad with that in it. Well, before you go on chewing any longer with that, because I gave you quite a big leaf, what you could put into your salad is a very small leaf like that. Now try that one. Okay. That's a nice little It's about one. half the size of the one I had before. Now, if you lived in my house and you started chewing now, my, one of my daughters would put, um, like, the cornflake pack in front of you so she couldn't actually see you what uh, my or son, hear you chewing. What my son does is, if I've got something in my mouth and I so much as look as if I'm going to say something, he, goes, he starts miming being sick. He goes, I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I'm like, you're making me physically sick. I and mean, then you're making me... And I went crying out loud. I'm just doing what the whole world does, does which is, you know... Mm chatting with something in your mouth. Oof, madam, but... Some people are very, very sensitive. No, it's only children. He doesn't do it with any... No, Gotta tell you, he didn't even like the smaller one. So that's not good I for won't you. be doing that All in, right then. in my recipe book. But you can do it, and it does make a, it does make a salad look a bit more colourful. So um, you've got your chard here. Yeah. And that's going to be very I've eaten very, some of that, and it yeah, was very good. that's nice. And you can use that instead of spinach, or you can use it in a risotto. It's oh, a bit more robust. I, I wanted to ask you about this perpetual spinach. Um, yeah. Perpetual always makes me think of sort of Catholic, the order of perpetual indulgence. Mm-hmm. Does perpetual spinach and chard have the same health benefits? Or what's been, why do we eat spinach? It's got iron, is it? Yeah, iron? it's really iron, oh, full right. of iron. Do they have it as well? Yeah, and it's it's very very it's it's lovely. It's a, it's more robust, and the stems you can sort of braise them in the same way as you would do celery. I love the way you talk to me. I mean, I barely know what braise means. Never mind, do something. Oh, what will I do? In, I mean, I'm, you know, it's a great day if I manage to make a pasta sauce. But the idea that I'd um, 
that I'd go, oh yes, I'll, I'll braise some chard. I'd come to your house <laughs> for that stuff. But you know, when you do make a risotto, Ari, you, yes, yes, you yes, are yes. very good at making a risotto. Yes, okay. So, so you can when you chop your onion up, you can put your st- your stalks of your 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 chard in, and then you can just fry that up with your with your onions okay. a bit. Yeah, at oh, the beginning. Okay. at the same time, right? Yeah, right. and then you add your chard later. I make a lovely risotto, a chard risotto, and I put smoked cheese in <gasps> the smoked um, mozzarella. What's it called? The no, Italian the one. The Italian one is yeah. not um, the smoked one that's got a sort of um, like a nicotine stained skin. It's like something... I, I think in fact it's been smoked with fags oh, that's yeah. why it tastes so good well it does <laughs> does nice and sometimes it's in the shape of a pig isn't it oh i've never had it in the yeah, shape of a pig a, but yes sometimes i don't know why it's shaped it like a pig have you seen now oh what you've got wasn't fennel, here yeah. Ooh, what wasn't good. here last time yes thank you somebody came round with some bean shoots so you've got I'm, I'm in again bean sheets because yeah. I don't really know what they are but and um, yeah built that look at that so what looks, you make of them yeah it looks like you've got some um, these looks like purple climbing beans that you've got here is that right well you'll have to um, I mean who knows yeah I think they are yeah what I like the way it's rather sweet no wonder someone came up with Jack and the Beanstalk because when we planted them the friend that came round with these they went oh I know you've got a veg plot so I'll come round with them Robert yeah um, Robert Robert, what was sweet is I went, you're not putting the canes anywhere near the beans. And he said, no, don't worry, they find them. And it's, it's almost that they've got eyes and they go, right, I'm not that near, but I can sort of sense it. And then they, look, they whip yeah. themselves up the sticks. That's right. So you've got, I think you hear, you can see these purple stems. That looks to me like a purple climbing bean. And on the other side, you've got runner beans. And oh, you've got this one. After all that, I'm picking up the bean's ability to find it. Oh, it's gone. It's only gone and nicked somebody else's seat. He's trying to climb up somebody else's pole. It won't do, will it? Well, I don't think it'll matter as long as it can climb it up to something. Me. It matters to me. That's I'm it. going to wind. You know, when people like you, when people don't talk like that in front of my cat, she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And well, that's called anthro. I mean, <laughs> anthropomorphizing. My, 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 my favourite ones. Some completely serious said to me, "My dog's not talking to you." And I went, well, of course it's not, because it can't talk. And they went, oh, yeah, it can, just doesn't like you. Um, so you've been talking to these beans. Have they been no, talking about... Um, so that's called anthropomorphising, yeah. is it? Anthropomorphising. Anthropomorphising. Is it anthropomorphising? I don't think there's two fers in there. I think it's anthropomorphise. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when the plants annoyed me, like, going up the wrong mm-hmm. one, yeah. I go, well, look what you've done, you little bugger. What's that, Esther? I think that was uninvited. That looks like a marigold. It's a calendula. Well, I... S- oh, well, I might so, have done that. So oh, look at these. Look, this is covered in black doodah. Don't black like that at all. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get my... Well, it's because it's been a bit warm and it's... Shall I get my spray out? It is organic. Well, let's see then. OK. Don't get the spray. It's just a little bit of petrol. It can smell <laughs> But Ari, Arabella Weir, who's just yeah. now gone into the shed... This black fly will be eaten by ladybirds. What we like to do is encourage ladybirds to the garden. Not so, if it's going to be at the cost of my... Yeah, so the only problem is, is if you start to use the bug spray, then, then none of the bugs come, and then, you, you know, in the end, you end oh, up with... Oh, that's the... a shame, as, as I'm spraying. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if you... Um, Listeners, I don't want any letters from bug lovers. But if you're patient, the ladybirds come, and then they nibble and feast on I, all the I black I found fly. that that's actually not true. They don't come. You lay out... 
you know, it's like putting a light in the window for your long-lost husband. They just don't come, do they? And I'm not going, oh, yes, um, bugs all over the shop, no problem. And then they go, well, where's those ladybirds? What were supposed to be here eating then? Oh, no, no, <laughs> let, let, let the ladybirds come. Um, so have you ever sprayed a long-lost husband with, with that bug clear? Oh, do you think that's why I'm divorced? Because <laughs> I, I use the bug spray. <laughs> Oh, I never thought of that. I never put those two things together. And what happened when you did spray him with the book spray? Disappeared. Never heard from him since. <laughs> what a lovely idea. I'm going to invent that. The husband. The go-away husband. Yeah. The, the um, naff-off husband. Well, how would you do it? It would be a spray. That yeah. would have petrol and, and pe- um, nail varnish remover. Now, yeah. I want to ask you a Hold serious on, c- question. What? Look, it's 100 years ago... I'm living in, I don't know, making it up, Hertfordshire, mm-hmm. and this is my veg plot, and I genuinely rely on it, and I can't get to a... There are no supermarkets and stuff. What did they do about bugs and stuff? Nature usually sorts out bugs. But well, nature bought you a potato blight. It doesn't always work. Some people put companion plants in, like, Is, that, is that what the marigold, do you think, is doing Yeah, there? yeah. that weren't me. So we were trying to attract the right sort of bugs to come and help you know manage all this now it doesn't always work and that's why you can get you know blight and all that sort of thing but in the end if you've got really good soil really good compost plants usually look after themselves if they're not growing properly if the soil's not good they send a message out to all the bugs to say look this don't soil's rubbish don't, don't even come around here no they're just saying come and eat me now because this soil's rubbish and it's never really i'm never really going to make oh, anything i'm not going to thrive here yeah um but of course now that we're growing in the way that we are and people you know producing and wanting to fill nurseries and stuff people don't have the patience to go oh well this crop didn't work next year but the mm. bugs will sort it out that's overproduction isn't it well it is but i think really we are trying to listen to the planet aren't we we're trying to listen to nature we need to really listen to the bugs because if we stop spraying things and we we we, we manage things she says holding up her toxic pesticide which i'm not even trying to sell not even going to mention the Hold name. On, let's have a look. Oh my! It God. might not be organic. Don't look at it too much. Oh I, I definitely right. used organic. Um, what are they called? Slug pellets. Yeah. At enormous personal cost, as my dad used to say, and I used to think, what do, is there another kind of cost? Yeah. But I did use organic yeah. um, slug pellets because I thought, well, that's right in direct contact with the mm. food, and I might live to regret using this. Yeah. Well, I think you will live to regret that because you are spraying it onto your vegetables, and and what's well, in it? Well, I might wash it? them. Let's have a look. Well, let's oh, just have a look. No. What's in it? Don't have a look. Oh, God. Let's see. I will be mowing the lawn because uh, I've stuck to the no-mow-may, but, of course, now it looks like a field. Right. Do not eat or drink or smoke when using this product. Or, or, or look someone directly in the eye. Right. Or wear rubber, plastic, okay. uh, inflammable... You know that so thing... basically... When, you know when it used to say on your nighting in the, in the 70s, it would say, do not go near a naked flame wearing this nighting. You think... Yeah, what else is going to happen there? You're going to go. There was nothing but naked flame in the 70s. Right now, contains toxic things acid, that Esther doesn't like. Te- oh, stop it, oh, Esther. Who cares? Well, you care, Arabella. Do you care a bit? You do. So, Arabella, there's a little job for you to do today. Uh, no, there isn't. If you're going to say harvest them potatoes... I'm not saying the harvest them. What I'm saying is you've got to mound them up. You planted them into the trenches. 
Somebody else who saw it, who knows a little bit less than you about veg growing, said he'd never seen such big um, plants. Yeah, because what's happened is that they've all grown very, very tall, but what you do is you try to suppress the growth with the potato by mounding it up about three times, and then it creates more shoots underground, and then you get more tubers. So what you can do... And is a tuber effectively a potato? Yeah. So what you do... Do you remember you made these mounds here, right? Yeah, I can see my trenches... So this is what the mounds are for, okay? So you mound up the potato like this. So in this mound then, there'll be some little shoots and more potatoes will grow. I've mounded them up, I would say, at least twice. Okay then. So I've done, I've done, I have followed your instructions. All right then. Okay. I've done my trench. I've created my mini yeah, yeah. passion dell. So you could, if you could, if you know, in the next week, you've got that trench there, uh-huh. that ditch. So in the ditch between my two rows of yeah. potatoes. So in that ditch, just just dig a little bit deeper and put a little bit more onto your mounds. Okay. Either way, I mean either side. So, so then, as much as you can, like that, get the mounds up, and then you'll have more potatoes. God knows how much it cost me to make these two veg patches. We could be looking at, what, half a pound of potatoes? <laughs> I mean, that, so, I mean, if you, if you broke down my veg patch, mm-hmm. it's costing, I mean, I could, I'd be getting it shipped in from Harrods in individual consignments, and it would still be less expensive, wouldn't it? Yeah, But it that's would. not the attitude. No. How is it making you feel... This um, gardening well, I w- project. I don't mind admitting. Mm-hmm. It's making me feel very good and I love it. But mm-hmm. I don't mind admitting a bit like... Do you remember when you were exhausted and you had little children mm-hmm. and you thought, please, just on this occasion, I wish I had a wet nurse or something. Mm-hmm. Or a maid. Um, occasionally I sit here and I think, please, can I not have to water it? Okay, In fact, yeah. every night that I'm watering, I think of you in your allotment because I think, not only does Esther have to water her own garden, she's got to get up the allotment and that's up a steep hill. On a day when you're exhausted. But also... But otherwise it's giving me satisfaction. Okay, so you don't need to water this every single day. (sighs) Love those words, thanking you. So, really, because, you know, plants can survive with, you know, without you watering them every day. And if you keep watering just the surface of the soil, then the roots don't really go down, deep down into the soil. And I know you've got a... Have you got a lining underneath FYI, the soil? FYI, listeners, that turns out not to be true with children. They do have to be watered every day. Because yeah, if you leave them unwatered, they'll always hell to pay. Well, they ice cream vans now here. I know, it's not very nice. Are you going to buy plants and ice cream? No. Oh, he doesn't do very nice ice creams. And I saw him use a shotgun on arrival once, so that was quite amusing. It was a long time ago. It was hilarious. I just moved into the area 30 years ago, and I had... You know, and I came, mummy! And then I had... You know, another one. And then lots of shouting and screaming. And I thought, oh, it's just like Glasgow in the 60s. What was It was literally called the Ice Cream Wars in Glasgow because all the rival ice cream brands. But here we are in North London... And I popped my head out, and one of them had gone a shotgun from underneath the ice cream counter. And I thought, saw no shotgun as well. And I thought, oh, why do you think, wonder why he keeps that with his ice cream. Uh, and I don't think any gun, any shots were released, but there was a lot of, no, it's my patch, it's your patch, it's my patch, it's your patch. And now we only have one. So guess what? The guy with the shotgun won. It's a cash business. No. Well, our ice cream man, when I was little, we had Mr Softy used to come round our estate and he used to sell It wasn't us. really called Mr Softy, do you know that, Esther? <laughs> it was called Mr Softy. No, that and he sold us name. cigarettes. Cigarettes? Yeah, cheap cigarettes <gasps> to kids. 
Anything else? Well, we only used to buy the cheap cigarettes and then we used to go and smoke them. What, and no ice cream? Oh, we used to sometimes have ice cream, but we mainly bought... Well, no, we didn't mainly buy cigarettes, but he did sell cigarettes and various other things. It was when I was, like, about eight, so he didn't sell any didn't drugs to me. not the drugs yet, so just the fags. I mean, at eight, but, you would just want to be on fags, don't you? It's a little bit early yeah, for the drugs. Yeah, did start smoking at that age, and we used to buy a pack and then go on the building site and smoke them. You were quite literally brought up in the, on the M1 in a shoebox, weren't you? <laughs> My mum used to say when I was annoying her, go and play on the motorway. But it was only a joke. Mm, yeah, but your mother was a, much like mine. Your mother was a bit of a caution. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know when to harvest the potatoes, Ari? When they're ready? How will you know that? Not a clue. Okay, so I've got to do my remounding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you're, so you've got a flower here. Mm-hmm. So that means that underneath Pretty the ground, flat, yeah. things are going well, and there has been. Excellent. Does some it potatoes. mean that things are going badly? That none of the other potato plants have got a flower? Well, they all need to flower. That's the first thing. Oh right, everything has to flower. Yeah. Okay, right. And then you'll start to see that the leaves. I mean, all these are very green now, and they look lovely. But but um, by about August these leaves will start to turn a bit yellowish and then you'll think well the plant's done its job right it's right. it's had enough and the potatoes will be ready um and they stay in the ground for some time so even if you didn't pick them till christmas day they'd still be fine you just leave them in the ground and do you get rid of the whatever you call these the stalks well you you'd, you'd pull that up and on the bottom would be lots no, but of if you were potatoes. planning to for whatever reason leave them in the ground till mm-hmm. christmas day i don't yeah. know you just decided would you literally just leave it like this and you wouldn't do anything with the top bits, the leaves? Well, what would happen is all those top bits would all just fall flat onto the soil and they'll just, right. you know, they'll just rot into the ground. So, so you know, you can leave them until that point and they usually be fine under the soil. I always think of um, potatoes as a winter vegetable. Hmm. So presumably it isn't just August you can harvest potatoes. There must be all year round vegetables. Well, vegetables. do you know do you know what potatoes these are? Pink fur. Great. My fave. We bought them round here, yeah, didn't we? The yeah, pink fur potatoes. Them round here in a paper bag. Looking a little bit manky, frankly. Well, they are so, a bit manky uh, to start with because they're, they're seed potatoes and then they've got all the tuber, the, the, all the little chittings come off them. The but, what? It's just like it's an open goal. It's not even a very sophisticated joke, is it? But it is a bit of an open goal. <laughs> so you, you chit them. Oh, who doesn't like a chit? Everyone likes a chit. A good chit. A good chit is a good, 
good thing, isn't it? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to weave that into a live show. See if that doesn't bring the house down. Well, I'll bring uh, on a rancid old potato and said, oh, I've just had a good chit. See, excellent. That's an opener right there. But you are the master of um, gardening now. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Vegetables. What I am is you are the mistress, and I am your willing uh, grasshopper. <laughs> I am your um, what do you call it? Your supplicant. Your your succulent. Your, no, sup, sup, supplicant. Mm-hmm. You know, as in the church. Um, I I respond to your teachings. Now, okay. what's that? I call that a decorative. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know that one. Is that a decorative chive? Have I made that up? No, that's a, a Californian poppy, looks oh, to me. So yeah. close, wasn't it, with a decorative chive? <laughs> I mean, there was nothing in it. Decorative chive. So California I think you, you've got a few little little plants here. Are they um, what they call complementary sacrificial plants? No. No, I think that's just for a bit of decoration. Right. Um, just to go back to potatoes quickly, because you've got this lovely soft soil, be able to put your gardening gloves actually and put your hand in, feel around for a nice potato and just pick them. So you'll be able to oh, pick them yourself. You pick them out yeah. and leave the root intact. You can do that, yeah. And so then will it grow another one? Yeah, um, the, the, the plant will continue to grow. So if you were oh. desperado one night, you've got nothing to eat, you can put your hand in the soil, just feel around. If there's any lumps and bumps, pull them out. I know you've been doing lots of interesting things lately. Can you tell us about it? Well, I've literally yesterday come back from Kokodi in Fife, mm-hmm. which is just, in case people don't know, over the road from Edinburgh. What were you doing there? Well, that's where my dad is from, and I got involved through former Prime Minister Gordon Brown uh, with trying... Kokodi's very poor, and he asked me if I'd help get... Because I know the area so well, whether I'd get involved in trying to do a festival of ideas to sort of basically get my famous friends to come in and... You know, like with all these things, make people feel proud of Kokodi. And I mean, if that didn't do it, no, you didn't have to top me. So you could have, I could have just woven that. Nobody would have noticed if you hadn't tried to do it yourself. <laughs> Sorry. So before the pandemic, we'd had Eddie Azard, we'd had Ed Balls, we'd had David Tennant, and then the pandemic happened. And then this weekend, we had Joanna Lumley. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely, I'm not going to say fabulous, but she was really, what a trooper. Because oh, the mic didn't work, so it was her and me in conversation. So mm-hmm. we'd organised it so that, you know, people in Kakodi could put in questions and then I'd ask mm-hmm. them. And But she'd do sort of ten minutes as an answer to everything. And that mm-hmm. was very good fun. And then I've been doing this big walk for Their World, this charity mm-hmm. that was started by Sarah Brown after her baby died mm-hmm. to sort of, um, well, really for education worldwide education and i was supposed to do 26 miles over the course of june but i've already done 42 because i'm so amazing except i'm feeling a little bit worse for wear well i have been on a walk with you ari and you are a real trooper i mean i I started walking with you but i just couldn't keep up and you always got really cross with me because i was quite slow and Mm, you you were a bit slow you always walk so fast and and well i found uh, out slightly depressingly if you're doing as i do and walk, walking is the only exercise I've sustained for as long as... I don't mean the time I'm walking. I mean, you know, the time in my life, mm-hmm. which now is about two and a half years. So no other exercise have I sustained. Um, walking's basically a complete waste of time unless you sweat. 
I mean, literally walking to the shops and back, even if the shop was a mile away, I, I found out unless you get your heart rate up, there's no point in doing it. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's better than sitting still. But that is why I like to get a jog on, as they say. Mm. But yes, it can be. I now walk with an old friend, Sue. Does she, can she cop up? She's got much longer legs than me, and she really... And I'm like... <gasps> I mean, that's just like, you know, walking along the road. So, so am I probably the worst person you've ever been out walking with? I think you're the worst person in every sense of anything I've ever... Oh, like, oh, I can't... No, you're not the worst person by any means. You might be the worst at this, but you're the best at that. Mm. You might be... I mean, you're the best cook I know. Oh, you are fantastic. And the best um, You know a gardener. lot of very good cooks. You went on holiday with Giorgio Locatelli. I mean, come okay, on. OK, he is, might be a better cook than you. Um, <laughs> a, a cook for you us see, you're just flattering me. No, OK, he's a professional cook. You're the best non-professional cook I know, and you could definitely, definitely be a professional cook. Well, mm. I think my days of... I'd have to... I'd move I need to clarify, I didn't actually go kitchen. on holiday with Giorgio Locatelli. He was the guest of the host who's invited me because it makes it sound like me and Giorgio went on holiday together oh I wish um, I could go on holiday with Giorgio Locatelli I'd just eat like gnocchi all day long and might be not, might not be gnocchi he like most of us though like anybody whose job it is gets a bit sort of oof not more cooking I know but he's so very nice isn't he he's lovely everybody likes a chef don't they to snuggle up to I don't know that that's true actually because when you say chef I think of sort of shouty, horrible bully types like, I imagine, not, you know, uh, Gordon Ramsay, because, I mean, certainly his persona is the opposite. I mean, it's mm. kind of, you know, Sergeant Major, come do this, and you just think, my God, why would anybody want to be in a kitchen being spoken to like that? Well, maybe they don't, but I don't think Giorgio's like that. So how about three doors down? Oh, sorry, how about two doors down? Well, I'm going to be in a show called Three Doors Down. No, we're adding another door. We're doing the new series of Two Doors Down that we made during the pandemic with some difficulty. It starts on the 12th of July. And then the day before the oh, the new series starts, we start shooting the next series. Um, so that'll be series six and a Christmas special. And that'll be out. So the TV show will start on the 12th of July. That will go on for six weeks and then we'll have made the next one, which will start straight away. So I'll never be off the telly Crikey for a while. Goes, that's... And people go, oh, it's you again. Oh, I, don't think, I think they all love you. It's a very successful series, isn't it? Yes, Two Doors Down is very popular. Um, very you know pop- when they come to your house where you um, film, do you allow them to flush the toilet or do you say well, no luckily, flushing of the toilet? Well, good question actually, Esther, because you know me well enough to know that would be an issue for me if it were really my house. But A, it's not really my house and guess what? The loos don't flush because they're television loos. So when someone says, here, I'm just going to eat a toilet, there is no, they just go into a room with a, with a toilet that you can film, but it's not plumbed in. So I don't... That's one thing I don't have to worry about. Listen, I've just been listening, because I don't mind admitting I love it. I've just been catching up with the latest omnibus of the Archers, and somebody said scones, as in Mm -hmm. tea and scones. Yeah. And I thought... I actually genuinely found myself thinking, is there literally nowhere in life I can rely on without having to interfere? Now I've got to write a letter to the person who edits the Archers. 
What about... Say, don't flush your toilet when it's just we, and don't say scones, because it's not scones. It's scones. It's scones, and everybody knows that. Well, not everybody knows it, Harry. Not everybody knows it. And you know what they'd write about? They'd say, no, that's her character. She would get it wrong. Do you remember? Well, you don't remember. But when I used to do that makeup lady, the South African makeup lady in the Far Show, and she had the terrible makeup, and the part of the joke was that I'd seen a woman in a very famous department store with exactly that thing where she'd done the makeup right to the jaw which a deep orange her foundation right to the jawline and then left everything else a different color mm-hmm. her real color I was thinking she's trying to sell me expensive makeup I mean who on earth thinks that it's supposed to stop here like a mask you know on your jawline and then while the makeup artist and I who really got on she was so brilliant Jane Walker while we were creating this character's look I said oh what about if she's got a bit of lipstick on her teeth mm. as well and she was from just outside Edinburgh and she went no because people will think that we've made that mistake whereas with the tide line on her jaw line she went they'll know we're saying this is classy makeup mm. as according to the character but she was right the whole way people would have gone through so I wonder if as I, I was about to write my urgent missive to Dear Radio 4, I've just been listening to the Archer's Omnibus and I'm afraid a character said scones instead of scones. And then I thought, oh, what if I get a thing back? A, I might get nothing back. Or B, I might get, uh, yeah, it's a character thing and then I'd be embarrassed. Mm, you would, yeah. But what about this character that you telling us about? Can you do an impersonation of the one that you... The South doing? African yeah. one? That's not a problem because I've always got that accent absolutely at the tip of my fingertips or even my tongue. I got that character off a friend of mine's mother-in-law who was a very bitter, angry woman. Mm-hmm. And when my friend was getting married to her son, she said we were all like trying to pick the dress and everything and she said, do you want to know what? My wedding day was the unhappiest day of my life. We're all standing around going, oh, that's nice. And she goes, do you know why? Everybody thought I was the mother of the bride. She wasn't a happy woman. And, but when I heard her speaking, and she also said, well, we were sort of trying to make conversation with her, and we were sort of, somebody did that thing. It, it was like a Christmas game or something. Someone said, oh, where would you most like to live? And the first person went, oh, I'd love to live on a hot beach. Um, you know, where there's no job to do all day long or something. And the next person said, oh, I'd love to live in a... This was like 20 years ago. I'd love to live in a war-free world. And it got to her and she went, well, I'd like to live in the old South Africa. The whole place went... (gasps) And she went, well, you know, I'm not a racist. It's just that, is my maid my friend now? Is she allowed in the front door? I mean, nobody knows where they are in the new South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, oh, right. So, and then I thought, I was listening to it and I thought, that is such a brilliant accent. A, such fun to do. But also, I thought, you'd never expect anything nice to come out of the mouth of someone who speaks like that, would you? So, I'm going to say goodbye now. Please leave my house because I don't like you anymore. All right, then we're best gone. No offence. That was her catchphrase, wasn't it? No offence. And I'll water the garden when I feel like it. Thank you very much. Well, good luck with that, and I hope it goes well. Uh, dear listeners, in the in the podcast you've just listened to, all the views were Arabella Weir's own, and they were said in jest, thanking you. <laughs> you are a good sport. And I'll call you up whenever I'm down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. 
Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bees is a hat trick podcast. Arabella's got a very, very tall hedge. Bush. A bush. <laughs> She's got a very big bush that's grown out oh, of control. the jokes you can get out of bush. It's unstoppable. So maybe for an next episode we could come and help you... Oh, do you know what? Trim your bush. Trim my bush. But we've got to wait, really. Here on until... Queen Bees, trim my bush with Arabella Weir. But, you know, it's great forage for the bees. We're joining Monty Don and Arabella Weir as they trim her bush. Oh, wow, that's a bit Monty Don tucks into Arabella's bush. See what's inside Arabella's bush. I'm feeling moist. Next week, see what's in see what's hiding inside Arabella's bush.